Welcome to another episode of A Guide Live Podcast, Unleashing the Future of Work, live with the CEO of Guide, Tim Salau, Mr. Future of Work. I am excited because today I'm talking to a rock star, superstar, founder, and executive, Mr. Daryl Silver, who is the CEO and co-founder of Thinkful. And today, man, we are going to be diving deep on a, a few awesome things, man, whether it be the future of work, Thinkful's recent acquisition by Check, you know, what his experience was like as a founder building one of the top education tech companies in the world and future work companies in the world, as well as what has he been learning throughout COVID-19 in terms of leadership and how it can apply to anyone who's currently leading through a pandemic or a crisis. And he's actually going to be tuning in and chiming in with us from, you guessed it, NY, I think. So I'll go ahead and bring him on and we'll check when, and see how he's doing. Hey, Daryl. Hey, how's it going? New York indeed, Lorman. Oh, wow. You're in New York? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are you doing, man? How have you been holding up during this pandemic, man? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. We're doing well. I, we stayed home. We stayed in our apartment in New York City in Lower Manhattan. We're, of, of all the people affected uh, worldwide and around the city and around the country now, we are not the ones to be thinking about. So, so now we're doing fine. Dude, so happy to hear that. So happy to hear that. Now, I would love for you to share with us and you know, our amazing guide community. Tell us a little bit about you know what inspired Thinkful you know, in the early days, because you guys have been around for quite some time. Yeah, we, we started Thinkful October 1st, 2012. The first insight, like the very first thing, was that you couldn't learn the way that my co-founder and I had always learned. Like, we had learned through being an intern, being around people that were smarter, asking stupid questions, asking, uh, listening and interacting and getting feedback on everything we were thinking and doing. And, and what we found at that moment was that people thought videos were going to replace college. So what is now uh, just like known in, in the industry of the MOOC and what is now known, like more commonly known as, a, as a Coursera, Udacity, like people thought that was going to just replace college. We said, that's not, that's more like a textbook. How yeah. do we make the rare experience that we had learning through apprenticeship, how do we make mm. that available to everybody? Uh, and so we set off on this idea that turned into Thinkful back in October 2012. Yeah, and you know, I think what's so amazing about what you all did too is that you all effectively scaled it because a lot of people don't realize the power of the apprenticeship model and how I think, you know, we're kind of returning back to that era where apprenticeships, you apprenticeships, you finding someone that not can only act as a mentor but a practitioner with you is so important in the in the future that we're building. I mean, absolutely. So 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 for us, and I think what I've learned is that all founders go through this journey is that uh, every scale point was very, very difficult and involved yeah. basically saying to yourself, okay, what got us here is not going to get us to the next phase. I think people have this vision that that or this outside view that software just scales and all you have to do is buy bigger computers or something. And it's not like how it works. It wasn't true at my first company. It wasn't true at Thinkful. Uh, isn't true today at Check. Yeah. So, you know, after building, because you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're an entrepreneur. After building your first company, Matt, what, in, what inspired you to say, okay, I'm going to go out and do it again? And what were some learnings that you had, you know, building perpetually in the past that kind of actually informed how you build Thinkful, man? Well, look, there's something very important that you have to know about about me, which is that I, I it took me a long time. I apparently love pain. I love, <laughs> I just love the pain and uncertainty yeah. and really pushing yourself, like throwing yourself into the deep end or, or being thrown into the deep end or throwing others into the deep end of, of 
whatever the challenge is to make some big change. So the, the first factor for me was I am basically lucky enough to uh, be able to take big risks. One of the things you learn at Thinkful, we serve students all over the country. We serve students from many different backgrounds. Uh, you learn very quickly that the opportunity to take risk is is rare and should be cherished. And so the first thing for me was I, I, I had that option. And then the second thing was I just love pain a bit. So I love, <laughs> I love the ambiguity of not knowing what was going to happen, but knowing that if we made the right hire, if I picked the right partner, if I put in enough hours that, that we had a good shot and we could get lucky. Um, and so over over the course of, of, of now over a decade, you get you get lucky a little more than you get unlucky and it works out. Yeah, no, that's powerful, man. So you 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 really were operating off of a decade of information and data and pain that actually informed you know how you were thinking about building the company. Yeah, no, I left my first career in two thousand eight, um, uh, not knowing what to do, uh, but but knowing that I loved technology and knowing I wanted to start something. Um, and in hindsight, you can always find those 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 patterns of like I was selling photos to parents of their you know, of, in high school. Um, of their kids playing sports, that kind of thing. I was doing lots of theater photography. I was like starting a business in the summer. I had, I've been working part-time since I was 14. Like all these things that people do yeah. when they have like an insane, uh, I don't know. Addiction. ADHD, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, but, but you sort of do that stuff and you learn about what you enjoy and, and, mm. and, and, um, uh, and that drove me in the early days. And now, now I just, now I get driven a lot more by seeing the opportunity ahead and seeing the very position that I come to it from and, and, and wanting to make those, wanted to marry those two together. Yeah, yeah. You know, there, we have a lot of entrepreneurs within our guide community and, and totally tuning in and listening right now. You know, what are the three tips you would have for them if they want to build something, especially during what we're currently facing as a downturn in recession? Yeah, three tips. Well, the, 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 the first one is absolutely that perseverance basically always wins. So you have mm -hmm. to stick to it uh, through all the times that are hard. And if you're succeeding, there are a lot of times that are hard. And if you're failing, the times that are hard are short, frankly. Um, so you have to persevere to, to grow is to change and to succeed is to change often that phrase, I didn't make it up, but that phrase going back a hundred years, that's powerful truth, which is that you have to persevere. Um, number two is in, I, I graduated from college in a recession. I left my first career not knowing, but it turned out to be the great recession. Um, and, and those moments are big moments for reinvention. The mm. pandemic today has thrown entire sectors of the economy into the air. We don't know when airlines are coming back. We don't know when cruises are coming back. Hotels, when are they coming back? When is travel and tourism coming back? When is home ownership and, and, and leaving of a, speaking of living in lower Manhattan, leaving of a city and when is that going to repopulate? When are museums going to reopen? How is education mm. going to be changed? So almost every sector of the economy is completely shifted. Mm. Um, and that creates opportunity for entrepreneurship. Now, the, the third tip is if you're lucky and you have the ability to take that risk, then, then really consider how long that luck is going to last. At Thinkful, one of the things we've learned over and over for, like I say, now going on eight years, is, is um, people graduating college, they're at that moment of the lowest amount of responsibility they're ever going to have. And every day yep. after that, they, they grow in responsibility, whether it's family, whether it's mortgage, whether it's, whether it's parents and, or kids or spouse or significant other or some other obligation they, they have or feel they have. Those responsibilities are least at the time of graduation from college or leaving of college, which is so much so common, or not going to college. So what this country tends to do is put people with 
that moment of highest risk tolerance, they put them with the most amount of debt. So average college nope. student graduates with $36,000 worth of debt. That's an insane number, right? Yep. Um, uh, median income is only so much higher than that. So, so graduating with that amount of debt lowers your amount of risk you can take. So if you're the third thing, uh, so it's, it, it's perseverance, it's opportunity in a recession, uh, which has been my experience twice now heading into the third is, and the third is if you've got that room in your life for risk, cherish it and take advantage of it. Now that requires a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have it, that's okay. What I've been saying since since February is the world is on pause. Yeah. If you're lucky enough not to be on pause, then take full advantage. If you're if you're on pause also, uh, like a lot of my friends are and, and you don't have any income and you're and you're working on your family, that's great too. Take that pause, take that take that breathing room. Uh, and survive, and that's perfectly fine and good, and don't feel bad about that at all. Take that as a time in a long life to, to to rebalance and to let the world have its go at you, and you can come back stronger. Man, dude, I love that because it, it, it takes a, a different type of mindset to really adapt to that, right? Seeing the opportunities within a recession or an economic downfall. But even then, you know, you and I, we've both been looking at the stock markets, right? Like, the stock market is actually not doing too bad. It's actually not going down. It's going up. But we're seeing that, you know, the, the same, you know, surface workers don't have opportunities. Small to medium businesses are truly struggling. So I've actually been sharing a lot with, with people in my community that this is a great time for entrepreneurs who want to build or serve small to medium businesses and are looking at, OK, how do you continue to scale value for them? Um, especially in a climate like this. But to your point, you know, I, I, I love that because there's so many people who are currently going through this right now. And they're like, there's no opportunity. There's no opportunity. But everything is just shifted online. So it's just right. a matter of identifying the right opportunities. Yeah, uh, and, and, and I got I got I got a lot of things to say on that. I mean, number one, <laughs> um, uh, one of the things I think people try to do is jump straight into starting their own business before they have any idea how to run a balance sheet or how to do some of the basics or how much yeah. it's going to cost or how to make a how to make a plan. That plan doesn't have to be for anyone but you, but they don't realize that they need to have a plan. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I find myself saying a lot is, look, if your risk tolerance is lower or if you're just not confident enough or you just don't have the basic skills, get a job at a place that's, that, that you think can grow. Get a job yeah. where you can be around people that are smarter than you. Again, that instinct that we started Thinkful with, that we learned from people that were smarter than us. Do people, I don't know if you know this, but jobs will pay you to learn from people that are smarter than you. If you're <laughs> working to find those jobs. It's like the craziest. My first internship, I was, I was 19 um, and... I ended up in the elevator with like one of the with the with the co-founder of this big fancy uh, uh, company, and he knew I was an intern because the whole company was only 100 people. And he said, "How do you how are you liking it? How are you liking your your job?" And I said, "Well, I'm learning a lot more than I do in school, and you guys are the ones paying me." <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as I said it, and I had this I had this habit of doing that. As soon as I said it, I was like, "I probably shouldn't have said that," yeah. but it's very very true. Like they will pay you to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is remarkable. So, so, so if you don't have the risk tolerance for starting your own thing, if you don't have the skills for it, if you don't have the confidence for it, and those are like the big three, uh, find somewhere that you can learn and learn. And if it leads somewhere that you stay, great. If it leads somewhere that you leave, great. If you leave somewhere mm. that you start your own, great. And those are all really good paths. Um, and, and it can be very tough in this moment because a lot of what people hear is that the world is hitting them while they're down. They're wow. furloughed, then they're laid off. Yeah, uh, real unemployment rate is, rate is not eleven point one percent. It's far higher. Uncertainty and anxiety is far higher. Yep, they feel beaten down by the world. But you know what? It's not actually what's going on. Everyone is trying to survive, and there's opportunity 
everywhere you look if you work hard at finding it. You do have to like everyone's had to work hard at finding it. They, yeah. the or creating if you, if you or, or the creating, creating it is creating it is very hard. It's very lucky. It can take yeah. a long time. And yeah. you tend to not get paid hourly for creating opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, at the beginning. Uh, so, so no, uh, stock market, forget stock market, stock market is irrelevant. It's the ultimate lagging yeah. indicator. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's true. It's true. It's powerful. You know, let me, let me ask you, you know, Dale, cause you guys recently, you know, were acquired by Chegg, you know, what has that been experiencing? Like, you know, being integrated into such an amazing platform that is Chegg and has been around for quite some time as well. You know, what, what kind of inspired you to say that Chegg would be a great partner to, to kind of continue the journey with? Yeah, I mean, that's we had a realization a year ago that the prices in our product, meaning yeah. the price of getting a new job, is just too high. It's like it actually came down to something very simple. And look, I spent a year on this acquisition. I lost touch with the business in 2019, frankly. And, and we spent a long time getting the deal done and having a lot of yeah. options and all these things. Um, but ultimately, what has what got us to choose Chegg is we came to a shared belief, a very deep-seated shared belief that the prices of our education were drifting toward what I call the slow ooze toward the status quo, meaning higher education and getting a job, uh, getting, getting going to college. So we started off Thinkful Data in 2012, charging about $250 a month, which is a lot of money for three months. And then by the time of 2019, we were at 20,000, 19,000, 22,000, depending on the course. Now that's, I mean, graduating with $38,000 in debt from college, you're only, you're halfway there with, with some of, a, some of these products in education. And those products are getting you a measurable increase in your salary. So we're only getting paid when you succeed as, an, as someone increasing your salary. But 18,000, 22,000, those are a lot, it's a lot of money. We had competitors charging 30, which meant that the trajectory was all getting worse. So mm -hmm. we came to a very clear shared understanding with Chegg that prices needed to come down. We mm -hmm. didn't know how to do it. We didn't know if the model would support it. We didn't know how to keep education quality higher, but we knew that Chegg had a track record for doing that. We knew we had a shared core belief in getting it done. And, and here we are, only a few months later, we've dropped some of our prices by about half. Wow. Uh, we provide some of the best, or if not, we provide the best terms on ISAs, which are ways of paying only after you get the job. Um, and so we've done a pretty good job so far. We have a lot of work to do because we have to keep educational outcomes the exact same uh, or better, uh, even though we're dropping the, the price for the student. So so ultimately, that's what shows, that's what got us to choose Chegg as a platform for the next phase of our growth. Yeah, and I and I think what I what, one thing I loved about the acquisition and really the the mutual alignment was the fact that you all have the same shared understanding of the future. <laughs> like right. I think there's often a lot of enterprises and and big corps who don't see it, but Chegg is always looking to be innovative and is always investing. Okay, what is next? And more importantly, who are the people who are leading that? So when I actually saw that you know that, that acquisition and partnership, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And you couldn't have chose the you know the the the, the better partner, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you got to take risks. These things don't, you don't really know. And the path not taken is not clear, but we love um, the the options we had in, in, in 2019. And, and, and this was a really exciting one. And we like, we like where we're headed with Chegg and we like lower prices and we like more students and we like higher placement rates. Um, and, and we like going places that the market thinks is a little crazy because we know better than, than the average. That's our job. And yeah. when we succeed, when we succeed at everything, will be great. Yeah. So let me ask you, man, because there's a lot of people who currently are listening and watching right now who are passionate about the future of work. But, they, you know, a lot of people don't really often see the vision. Um, and I think, you know, when, when I see products and platforms like Thinkful, 
I'm like, this is the future. And more importantly, because it's positioning kids to succeed for you all, you know, in the next two to three years, where do you see, what are some of like the high level changes that you see converging to build the future that you all are already participating in? Yeah. Uh, so, so some of the stuff we can affect, some of the stuff happens to us and, and yeah. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta navigate both. Um, Fundamentally, if you think about what we're why we exist, we exist to get you the better job. Yeah. People come to us to get a better, higher paying, more fulfilling career. They take the education because they know it's a means to that end. Yeah. And so under that mindset, which is the exact opposite of how college thinks about it, under that, under that mindset, we look for every opportunity to remove friction in the path from uh, learning to earning is the phrase we use internally. So, so how do we do that? So. Number one, we'll expand our course catalog. Number two, uh, and we're doing we do that we do a lot of that already. Number two, um, we we work to lower prices. Number three, we build technology to support the student in ways that are more scalable. Um, you now we provide a lot of one on one instruction, and that's not going away. But but we also need to build a lot of ways. So are building a lot of technology, um, and then we just think about every sector. And then perhaps the biggest one, we think about every sector that hires or is going to be hiring faster than the national average, as well as uh, based on the skill of the person applying for the job rather than any other factor. So remote work is a factor in that, uh, certification degrees is a factor in that, um, but anything that's skills-based, mm. we think about how do you drive, how do you, how do you drive students to have those skills? Because that's what employers are looking for. Dude, and, and, and I think what I love about that is that you understand it's skills, pay the bills. Right. <laughs> skills not skills not degrees. Look, we acquired a company in 2018. Um, skills pay the bills. That's good. We was, we acquired, I was going to say we acquired a company in 18 that that had trademarked uh, skills better than skills greater than degrees. Um, and and uh, I, we might have just thrown away because skills pay the bills and think it's better. <laughs> Dude, so really quick fire round now, man. So you know, amazing community get to know you personally. Who have been the the leaders that have inspired you? You know, your journey as an entrepreneur and a, as a leader, man. Um, there's, there's, I gotta, I gotta, it's, it's, it's an answer, slight cop-out answer, but, but my answer, I had a, I had a friend about five years ago, and it sometimes takes me years to realize these, these things have an impact, but I had a friend about five years ago say to me, he worked for, um, he worked for, uh, uh, he, he worked for Twitter, then he worked for Square, and so Jack Dorsey was a CEO in both places, and he was hired directly, and, and you know, he's a great career, and he said, and, and I said, well, that's amazing. Did you learn a lot? And he goes, no, no, no. I never learned that much. I mean, in the early days, I learned some. But I, I learned much more from the operators who were not doing press, who were not well-known, who were really, really solid and reliable and innovative on the ground in the companies. And mm -hmm. so every great company tends to have like four of those. Um, and, and those are the people that I found inspirational as leaders, like the ones that are actually building the product instead of the ones that are... Um, putting on a show in a sense yeah um, and and so so for me it's that's 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 always uh inspired me a bit um uh and, and um other than that i think we're all pretty jealous of elon musk and the <laughs> like, like like let's be honest the like scale of ambition of going to space yeah. in an electric car like it's like insane so the scale of ambition is just shocking so i think that's pretty crazy too um but those are my that's like, it's a bit of a cop out. Like the real answer is a cop out answer, but <laughs> no, I love that, man. I love that. I love that. No, it's really crazy. So, what would be two to three books or one book that you would recommend that everyone reads 
to be able to 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 lead in the future of work? Two or three books. Oh, the the number one book I I actually love is um, this book called The Founder about Ray Kroc, who who Ooh. is considered the founder of McDonald's. Uh, now he's not one of the McDonald brothers, but he's he's the one who took it from a single restaurant to um, the, the corporation and what it, where 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 it was and when he retired in the seventies. Uh, so it's an absolutely fantastic book, and there's a movie too. The movie is pretty faithful to the book. Um, they're both excellent, and then so that's one. Uh, this guy was a uh, effectively door-to-door um, salesman over a variety of products, uh, and then he stumbled on the phenomenon of fast food uh, and 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 popularized it and created created the franchise system and a variety of innovations along the way that are critical. Absolutely incredible story of perseverance of failure of hustle and then and then success and this i mean i think if i remember correctly he was in his early 50s when he when he came across mcdonald's like this was not an early career win um so that's my number one business book frankly uh, number two and i just read this uh bob Iger's uh autobiography from mcdonald's is really good uh, sorry from disney is really good um is is excellent uh yeah. especially the first half and then the third i just read um I just read this book, Creativity Inc., which which is a spin. It's, I read it because of the Bob Iger book about Disney. So, uh, Creativity Inc. written by um, written by Ed Catmull, who, uh, who's one of the founders or early folks at Pixar, um, and a phenomenal book about balancing business with creativity. Yeah. Um, uh, those are my three, but definitely the founder. Which again, if you want to cheat, you can just watch the movie. But the, <laughs> the movie's good. The movie's really good. It's on, it was on Netflix last I looked. Well, dude, I, I might cheat and read the book because you know the that I think a lot of people fail to realize McDonald's is a powerhouse business, man. And more importantly, there's a you know there's there definitely has to be a founder in place to be able to kind of like create clarity on how the business will operate beyond the founder <laughs> because yeah, I mean it doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> he, 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 yeah, that's definitely true. And the thing about the founder of the book. Is that the person? The, the sheer perseverance of of, of Croc is is shocking, and and it's all sorts of failures along the way. It's mostly failure and like incremental success, and then the successes last longer than the failures, and that's mm. that's how you win. Um, and and so it's just failure, failure, failure over and over. Um, and he sells himself. That's the other thing. He sells himself incredibly throughout the book. I mean, he calls himself the founder. He's not the founder. He franchised the name from the McDonald brothers. Wow, you know, it's an like incredible book um, for all those reasons, and he's obviously lying. I, I mean, it, I don't know anything. I don't know anybody involved, but my read—I was like, this is probably not a true story. Like you read some of these stories, but it's like the the ability to just persevere, persevere, and then sell, sell, sell um, uh, to get to get your way out of the world is very impressive. So that, that that's my number one business book, frankly. Dude. Daryl, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. With that said, if you all want to connect with Daryl, Daryl, where can the people connect with you, brother? Yeah. Well, I mean, number one, you got to go to thinkful.com if you're looking for a better career. Uh, <laughs> you know, um I'm also on all, all the things with the username Daryl Silver, D-A-R-R-E-L-L, Silver like the metal, uh, Twitter and, and LinkedIn and all that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Daryl, we definitely have to have you on for a future episode, man. What do you think, brother? I'm down. There's there's more stories to tell. It's always it's always <laughs> always really fun and always stories to tell. And then do you have a, you ever do audience participation? Yeah, yeah. You no, know, we we usually so there's actually a lot of people tuning in and joining right now, but a lot of them are shy. But yeah, yeah. We we often do audience participation. That's what we should do. Being <laughs> shy is not a path to success. <laughs> well, fine. It's a path to some success. It's a path to whatever success you define for yourself. But it's not a path to. To, to, to being shy it tends to tends to be bad for entrepreneurship because you, you got to be 
getting people to realize that you exist. So shyness <laughs> is not a good path for that. Shyness is great for the weekend. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's true, man. It's great. It's great, man. Dale, thank you so much, man. See you soon, my brother. Thanks for the time. I'll talk to you later. Well, man. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide B2B Jam Session live podcast. That was the awesome Daryl Server who was tuning in, man, sharing all kinds of amazing details on Thinkful. Please check out Thinkful. I would definitely make sure that I leave a link to Thinkful on in the comments. Great stuff. And make sure you check out some of the books that he recommended as well on thankful and follow him on linkedin as well with that said i hope you're having a lovely monday morning thank you so much for tuning in much love please if you love this live episode definitely check it out and share it and replay it with friends in your network your family your friend your teammates whatever it is and show them some love let them know that you were blessed with amazing information today by daryl silver with that said Definitely catch me later this lovely Monday. I'm going to actually be talking with another amazing guest in a few hours. All right, y'all. Peace. Talk soon.